1: Vice President Kamala Harris comes under fire for omitting life when citing the Declaration of Independence.
2: This is the most radical pro-abortion administration in the history of the United States.
1: Democrats are growing exasperated with President Joe Biden after additional classified documents were found.
3: Every single lawmaker was asked about the Biden docs and a number of Democrats provided scrutiny and criticism The Federal
1: Reserve considers a slowdown in rate hikes.
4: They basically want more time to absorb data before making any more dramatic decisions.
1: This is the Daybreak Insider Podcast. Your first look at today's top stories for Tuesday, January 24th. I'm Mike Scott. Vice President Kamala Harris is coming under fire for omitting... The right to life when she recited part of the Declaration of Independence during her speech commemorating the fiftieth anniversary of Roe v. Wade.
5: America is a promise. Promise we made in the Declaration of Independence. That we are each endowed with the right. To liberty and the pursuit of happiness.
1: Critics were swiftly pointing out that the document's text reads, endowed by their creator with certain inalienable rights. Among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Representative Lauren Boebert of Colorado tweeted, Hey, VP, it's life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. We have the right to life, end quote. The vice president also seemed to take a shot at Florida Governor Ron DeSantis by saying, can we truly be free if so-called leaders claim to be, quote, on the vanguard of freedom, end quote, when they dare to restrict the rights of the American people and attack the very foundations of freedom? Rachel Campos Duffy of Fox News says, it's important to call out Democrats when they omit important words, From our founding documents.
2: Of course this was intentional, not a gaffe, although she is gaffe prone, but this was certainly (laughs) intentional. And this is what, uh, you know, liberals mean when they say that our founding documents are living and breathing and they can change them. But we can't let this pass. And, you know, Ainsley, it's really hard to let a, a story like this about one word being slipped out of her speech life um bleed into our or melt into our crazy news cycle this is foundational to who we are as americans and we can't let liberals kamala or anyone change that
1: duffy explains why she believes that the omission was intentional
2: and the reason why we know this is intentional is this is the most radical pro-abortion administration in the history of the United States. They even make Barack Obama's administration blush in terms of how radical they are in pursuing their anti-life agenda. So, no, this was intentional um, at where she chose to do the speech was intentional. Uh, mm-hmm. They are pro-abortion. By the way, remember when uh, Andrew Cuomo lit up the sky Um You know, the the Empire State Building um, when they had uh, third trimester, basically infanticide abortion uh, codified into their laws. This is who the Democrat Party is, and this was intentional.
1: Duffy goes on to say that while the pro-life movement has made great strides, the work is not over yet.
2: I think the the movement needs to make sure, and, and they're trying, the leaders are trying, to remind everyone that this fight for life... Um, is not over. This is now going to the states. They want to make uh, this movement wants to make abortion unthinkable. Uh, they also want to address other issues in the culture of life. Uh, euthanasia, which is, uh, you know, surging in, in Canada and making its way and making its way here as well. So this is a, a strong movement, but a movement that has a lot of work to do.
1: Albert Moeller, president of the Southern Baptist Theological Seminary, explains what he believes are the next steps for those who support abortion. The editorial board of the New York Times recently published what we can only describe as an abortion manifesto. 1,800 words, two-thirds of the print page, and the headline, quote, We must place access to abortion on the ballot. The statement included these words, and I quote, The fight over abortion has taken on a new resonance in post-Roe America. It is no longer just a front in the culture wars, but rather a fundamental matter of health and well-being for millions of women, and the difference between life and death for many, end quote. And thus the editors go on, advocating state-level action through ballot measures to support abortion. So there's the plan, spoken right out loud. But notice the very important tell, so to speak. They said it is a, quote, difference between life and death for many, end quote. Indeed, it is. Abortion is intended to be a matter of death, period. That's what makes abortion abortion. And this culture of death ought to be opposed every single step of the way. A former high-ranking FBI counterintelligence official has been indicted on charges he helped a Russian oligarch, a violation of U.S. sanctions. Daybreak Insider's Julie Walker has more.
5: Charles McGonigal, the former special agent in charge of the FBI's New York Counterintelligence Division, is accused in an indictment of working with a former Soviet diplomat-turned-Russian interpreter on behalf of Oleg Deripaska, a Russian billionaire energy magnate. McGonigal, who had supervised investigations of Russian oligarchs, including Deripaska, before retiring in 2018, allegedly worked to have Deripaska's sanctions lifted in 2019. McGonigal was separately charged in federal court in D.C. with concealing $225,000 in payments he received from an outside source with whom he traveled to Europe. Julie Walker, New York.
1: A growing number of Democrats are voicing their frustrations with the growing Biden classified documents scandal. So far, the White House has declined to say if the DOJ will conduct a search of Joe Biden's Rehoboth, Delaware home for more classified documents. Representative Adam Schiff of California says that the intelligence community needs to assess the documents in Joe Biden's possession. It is a real problem that uh, these documents are somewhere they shouldn't be. We need the intelligence community to do an assessment, uh, just as I urged with the documents in Mar-a-Lago. While Biden was at his Rehoboth home, FBI agents searched his Wilmington home and found six more classified documents. Reporter Alice Barr says that the FBI finding more documents in Biden's home is raising more questions than answers.
5: Pressing questions today about how government secrets are secured after the bombshell weekend announcement that the FBI found more classified documents at President Biden's Delaware home during a 13-hour search on Friday. The unprecedented search of a sitting president's home was voluntary, according to the White House, not the result of a warrant.
1: Barr reports that, as of yet... It is unknown what type of information the classified documents possessed.
5: President Biden's personal lawyer describing the latest discovery as, quote, six items consisting of documents with classification markings and surrounding materials. We don't know what those items are, nor how many documents the president's personal lawyers uncovered in four instances since November at his home and former private office. Lawmakers in both parties calling for accountability.
1: Barr goes on to say that the White House says that they are unwilling to cooperate with what they feel are legitimate oversight requests from house republicans
5: the classified material the fbi uncovered dates back to mr biden's time as vice president and as senator current senators question how those sensitive papers made it out of secure areas President Biden insisting he's cooperating fully with the investigation, saying last week there's nothing there and he has no regrets. The White House says it will cooperate with legitimate oversight requests after House Republicans asked for information and records regarding President Biden's handling of classified documents.
1: Francesca Chambers is the White House correspondent for the Daily Mail and joined the Salem Radio Network, saying... She feels the Biden classified document scandal will be in the news for quite some time.
3: You don't have to be a psychic cue to know that this is going to dominate the conversation. The Biden docs will again and probably on Capitol Hill with senators uh, and lawmakers coming back from uh, recess as well. You saw even over the weekend that but pretty much every every single lawmaker was asked about the Biden docs and a number of Democrats provided scrutiny and criticism of Biden's handling of the situation. So that would be my expectation.
1: Chambers also explains that while we aren't sure how many total documents have been found, House Republicans are seeking those answers.
3: We're not sure of the exact number of documents that have been taken into custody by DOJ. So we'll start there. And then in terms of what the searches look like with the Department of Justice, we're told that this was voluntary. The Department of Justice says that it was both planned, that it was consensual, the search of President Biden's residence in Wilmington. He was in his Rehoboth Beach residence over the weekend. Previously, his legal team had said that there were no documents at that second home, the Rehoboth Beach home. And of course, the third location I believe you're referring to is the Biden Penn Center, where the initial documents were found as well. And so The uh, House of Representatives, Republicans, and the House Oversight Committee are also asking some of the questions that you're raising here, and they're trying to get answers from the White House. They've given several deadlines for those, the first of which is tomorrow. So at this point, we're waiting to see how the White House responds to that, if they do provide documents or communications surrounding this. We just don't know yet.
1: Attorney General Merrick Garland appointed an independent counsel in January to probe Biden's alleged mishandling of classified documents. A prior investigation at the Justice Department began in November when the first set of documents was discovered at the Penn-Biden Center, which was not revealed until it was leaked to the press in January. The leadership of the Republican National Committee is at stake in a vote scheduled this Friday. Daybreak Insider's Rich Thomason has more on this developing story. The race for the Republican National Committee chairmanship will be decided by secret ballot as GOP officials from all 50 states gather in Southern California. The current RNC chair, Ronna McDaniel, is fighting to hold on to the job, but she has challengers. Among them, the high-profile MyPillow CEO, Mike Lindell. He's known far and wide as a staunch supporter of former President Trump. Rich Thomason reporting. On Monday, Wall Street saw a bit of a rally due to investors seeing what they hope are signals from the Federal Reserve that rate hikes will begin to slow. Lydia Moynihan of News Nation is following details on the Fed's moves.
4: This is the first time we've spoken about the Fed actually decreasing the rate at which they are hiking interest rates. So that is good news. Last year, of course, was a record year for inflation. We saw it peak at 9.1%. After that happened in June, the Fed was very aggressive about hiking rates. They hiked rates seven times. Uh, The last four times they hiked rates at 75 basis points, which are pretty historic. So now it seems like we're on a better path. Inflation has been steadily declining the last three months. We ended the year at 6.5% inflation rate. So. What the Federal Reserve now is messaging is that they basically want more time to absorb data before making any more dramatic decisions. So we'll find out what their final decision is on February 1st. But the markets seem to be reacting happily to this report in the journal that they could slow um, their, their rate of hikes. So who knows, but we'll, we'll, we'll hope for the good news.
1: Meanwhile, there are some concerns on Wall Street regarding the strength of company profits due to a slowing economy and high expenses. As such, tech companies have been announcing layoffs and cutting expenses. Spotify said Monday it will cut 6% of its workforce and shares rose 2.1%. Big tech stocks carry particular weight on Wall Street because they're some of the market's most valuable. An influential economic survey foresees even more job cuts Daybreak insider Donna Water takes a look at what the future may hold for the job market.
5: The survey by the National Association for Business Economics says that not only are more businesses expecting job reductions at their firms, but they're also expected to spend less on expansions for the first time since the pandemic. It's a sign that the Federal Reserve's push to raise interest rates is having the desired effect of slowing the economy. But according to the survey, business owners are still concerned that the Fed's decision making could push too hard on the economy. possibly put the U.S. into a recession this year. Economists surveyed also expect businesses to pay higher wages for the workers they're holding on to. I'm Donna Water.
1: Political unrest in Peru is affecting a famed tourist destination. Daybreak Insider's Charles de la Desma has details on this story.
6: Anti-government protesters march in Aguascaliente, a town near Cusco. The Culture Ministry says it had closed the country's most famous tourist attraction, Machu Picchu, as well as the Inca Trail leading up to the site to protect, it says, the safety of tourists and the population in general. Some 417 visitors had been stuck at Machu Picchu and unable to get out, more than 300 of them foreigners. The closure of the Incan Citadel that dates back to the 15th century and is often referred to as one of the seven wonders of the world comes as protesters from outlying regions descend on the capital Lima. I'm Charles de Ledesma.
1: And finally, film director James Cameron has made history. His latest film, Avatar, The Way of Water, has grossed $2 billion, making him the first director with three films that have hit that milestone. His other films, which hold that distinction, are Titanic and Avatar. John Campea, host of the John Campea show, says it's never a good idea to bet against
7: James Cameron. It is a bad investment. It is a bad business to be in the doubting James Cameron business. Very bad business. Uh, because you always lose. You always lose. There's not been an example where you would not have lost if you bet against James Cameron, at least in the last 15, 20 years. It's a bad business to be in. And leading into this year, uh, we talked about, do with everybody saying nobody cares about Avatar, it's going to flop. No one's going to watch it. Nobody cares about it. And we've been saying, guys, this thing's going to be a hit. It's going to be... Now, even I who have said yeah it's it's going to make 1.5, 1.6, 1.7 is going to be a big hit. Don't underestimate never doubt James Cameron. But, but I have to confess, even I said but I don't see it making 2 billion, especially right now with the the where we're at right now, as far as uh, you know uh, the, the climate, the we haven't gotten the movie industry hasn't gotten fully back on its feet yet, all that kind of stuff. Still said it was going to be hit, still said don't doubt James Cameron, but I said I I don't know if I can see it hitting 2 billion. Well, guess what? It's going to hit $2 billion.
1: Titanic made $2.195 billion and currently stands as the third highest grossing film of all time. Last weekend, Cameron's Way of Water became the sixth highest grossing film of all time. In a recent interview, Cameron says that he almost didn't make the sequel to his mega hit Avatar because he wanted to be sure there was a good story to tell.
6: So I had to assure myself that I had a story that was worth telling, you know, and that we had uh, a team. Um, And one of the things that drew me back was what we call the Avatar family. We have a great group of people. They'd cracked the code on how to do this. It was a giant pain in the ass on the first film because everything was a prototype. It was always breaking. It was always glitchy. We always had delays. But we knew that now we knew where all the pitfalls were and what, what technology and what process we needed to create, and we had the time to do it. And if we could amortize that over multiple films, we could afford to spend the money to do it, uh, essentially to do it right, to build this kind of big imaging engine, and, and then just just operate it and, and really swing for the fences and do something extraordinary visually.
1: The director went on to say that while avatar movies carry the message of being a good steward of nature, he tries to make sure that that message isn't overbearing. We all enjoy it. We all
6: feel like we're doing something that has a um, uh, not only a challenge to it but almost a sense of nobility or purpose to it because we're we're trying to spread this this message of of you know beauty, connection to nature, stewardship of nature, things that we actually believe in. You know, although we keep it well between the lines, I think in the actual experience of the film itself, I don't think people are, I don't think audiences out there are put off by any message of ocean conservation or, or or whatever it is. At least they don't seem to be put off, and certainly not in droves.
1: Zoe Saldana, one of the stars of the film, has made history herself. She is now the first actor to have four films gross more than two billion dollars.